Acts chapter 4, I believe. Absolutely. Okay. Lord, we just want to thank you for what you're doing amongst your people. Thank you that you're walking through this room. You're coming to people all over this auditorium. Mm. And you're reminding them of their discipleship, of why they loved you in the first place and why they gave their lives to you. And Lord, we know that when we met you, we were filled with a different spirit. We look at those Old Testament heroes who when the Holy Spirit came and they, it literally said they changed, Saul changed into another person. Wish he'd kept that going, Saul. But we, we're changed by the Holy Spirit and Acts is all about the acts of the Holy Spirit. And so we just pray, Lord, just bless Ben as he brings Acts chapter 4 to us. May we be eager listeners, mm. attentive, taking it to ourselves, saying, Lord, what are you saying to me? And may we be people changed by the word, not just hearers, but doers. Father, we pray for that, that we are changed by the word of God this morning as we delve into this precious way in which the church began all those years ago. So bless Ben, Lord, and may we receive uh, fabulous counsel from heaven on how to live boldly but humbly in your presence and in your service. Amen. Thank you. That's good. Yeah. Morning, everybody. Uh, I've realized... Okay. Just, Ollie's just told me the youth are still around. You're welcome to stay around. I don't know if that requires me to delegate and say you can go or you can stay. It's up to you. So you've got, so you've got youth work available out there, but feel free to stay. You're so nice to be here as, as church in the morning. I was thinking a minute ago, actually, there's... There's no other place I'd rather be. I've had one of those weeks where yeah, it's just felt there's been lots of jobs. I've been on half term as a teacher as well, so it should be a week of relaxation. And, uh, but it's been hard. At times I've even felt anxious. Um, and coming to church this morning and seeing extended family praying for each other, and in my heart I thought, actually, there's nowhere I'd rather be this morning um, than here. And so we're in Acts 4 this morning, and I realized in preparation for this talk that actually I tend to play it safe quite often. I tend to be quite comfortable. I like to be comfortable. So as a, as a school teacher, I'm used to trying to, to hook the attention of my audience. I've got to fight for their attention. So quite often I'll sandwich what I want to communicate with maybe a, a catchy YouTube video saying to get their attention. And I realized in, in feedback for this talk, I don't need to do that this morning because actually looking around the room, we are hungry for God. Yeah? As a church, we've gone through the book of Joshua, and we've been inspired by how faithful God has been through Joshua, and we're now in Acts, and we're seeing some incredible uh, movements of God taking place. And so that's my uh, provocation this morning, we're we're hungry for God. Hopefully you're you're with me on that, as we've seen this morning already. So in the book of Acts, uh, Peter is one of the main characters uh, in the book of Acts. If I remember Peter, I'm thinking about the end of the Gospels, where actually as a follower of Jesus, he's in a position where he denies knowing Jesus. And quite a lot of the time, I can relate to that side of Peter. You see, he was afraid. And sometimes I allow fear to, to drive the bus as well. Sometimes, um, rather than sharing my faith, I can go passive. Sometimes, rather than speaking up, I tend to shut up, which is not a good move. And I don't want to be that person. So we live in a broken world. 
If only then we could be heroic and rise up in our own stories. And so this morning, as we look at Acts 4, I want us to be inspired by some of the transformation that's taking place in Peter. We've already seen him preaching and explaining to the crowds. And last week in Acts 3, Martin spoke on how Peter's faith in Jesus caused a lame man to be healed. So we're going to unpack Acts 4 this morning. If you've got a Bible, please open it up. Um, if Don't worry if you haven't, the words will appear on the screen behind me. So Acts 4. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. I just want to pause there. So the Sadducees were a bit more concerned with politics uh, than religion. They worked hard to keep the peace by agreeing with Rome. And as you remember at the time, Israel was under Roman occupation. They did not like Peter teaching about the resurrection. They didn't believe in life after death, which is why they were sad, you see. Come on, work with me here. But in this verse, we saw, you see two different reactions to the gospel, don't you? You see on one hand how it disturbs people and they're annoyed. But on the other hand, there are people who desperately need to see the good news. And it says, you know, a number, 5,000 were added to their number. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Cephas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? So a little bit of a loaded question, because this same group of religious leaders and rulers had already crucified Jesus. And so you can imagine them with their, you know, ready to stone the disciples. They knew uh, what the answer was to this question. But Peter had already knew how to wriggle out this one, because actually thinking back to the Gospels, he had already denied knowing Jesus. So maybe he could have got out with it the same way. Let's read on and find out. And then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So it's a different man. Peter is now filled with the Holy Spirit. Going back to the Gospels, Peter was warming himself by the fire, denying Jesus. Now Peter is on fire for Jesus. And actually, 
these acts of boldness is probably the quality which shows the most dramatic transformation in the disciples. The key marker then of the Holy Spirit was not necessarily to speak in tongues, not to lead uh, amazing meetings, but it's the spirit of courage which is helping them proclaim this wonderful news of Jesus. Ordinary people filled with boldness. And Jesus had promised them this already. It said in Luke 12, when you're brought before synagogues and rulers, don't worry about what you're going to say. The spirit of power will give you the words to say. And Peter goes one step further. He turns the tables of accusation back on them. We're doing something good for a crippled man. He couldn't walk, and now he can. And the problem is, they don't believe in miracles, and they don't believe in Jesus. Now, chapter, verse 13. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they'd been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak to no one anymore in this name. So, I wonder who else here feels like an ordinary man or woman? Yeah, a few ordinary people in the room? Absolutely. And so Peter's boldness is not about his personality type. Peter was impetuous by nature. But actually, we've already touched on the fact when he denied Christ. The difference is now, Peter has been with the resurrected Jesus, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And now there's a holy boldness to him. And so the Sadducees and the rulers looked at the fishermen and they marveled at their ability to interpret the text. And there are people who maybe know the word of God and there are people who know the God of the world. But we want to be people who know both God and the word. Verse where are we up to? Verse 18. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people for all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. Good, got an amen there, that's good. So the authorities expected them just to agree with their decision. They kind of were saying basically, personal evangelism is now illegal. And Peter appeals to a higher authority. If there was a way for them to appease both the rulers and God, they would have chosen that way. But actually, Peter knows that appeasing God, not man, was the priority. And we see that in our Western culture, 
we don't have that as such a problem. But actually, we see that all around the world, whether it's the underground churches in China, or even some of the stories Clive shared in Dubai, that actually appeasing God needs to be the priority. And so the book of Acts is also known as the Acts of the Apostles, because it is a book of action. Peter then and John say, it's impossible for us not to speak about what we've seen and heard. And one of our vision statements at King's is for us to go, go in mission and service. And so we desire that every church member is able to share their story, his or her story. The greatest miracle then in a person's life is a life changed by the gospel. This is who I was before. This is who I am now. I've met Christ. You know, that is sometimes even more transformational than something miraculous because people can always deny uh, the miraculous. But it's very difficult for somebody to deny your story. So let's take advantage of practical opportunities that come our way. When people ask me, you know, how's my weekend? I actually, I want church. I want what's happening here in the people of God to be the first thing on my lips rather than squeezed in at the end. Let's pray and develop real relationships with people needing Christ in their lives. The more we pray for people by name, the more opportunities we have to speak of Jesus with them. And this week I had a first for me. So I've been a Christian for over 20 years. But it's the first time I actually sat down with somebody on the streets. Somebody, somebody was in need, needed some food and drink. I sat down with them and actually shared a cup of coffee and had some breakfast with them and listened to their story. And actually, I want more opportunities to do something like that. It led for me to have an opportunity then to pray for them and their situation. I, I couldn't do anything about their situation, but actually I was able then to offer and lift it up to God. So I want more opportunities like that. I don't want to play it safe. What stopped me in the past, a bit like Peter though, is fear. Perhaps it's others' responses to me or what they might think of me. And, and I need to be, and we need to be aware that often in the West, the popular definition of love actually is just agreeing with the person next to you. And actually, Jesus didn't do that. He disagreed people consistently, but with love. And I want to be somebody who's okay with disagreeing with people, but can always choose love as my highest response. So, a couple of practical things. I'd love it if uh, people come up to me and say, actually... Who have you shared your faith with this week? Because I want to be the person who's looking to share my faith. So that would be a question we can ask each other. Who are you sharing your faith with this week? There's missional opportunities. Down at the Centro Lounge is a great missional hub. And um, kind of once a month they go out in the town centre and they do outreach. If you want to get involved, see the um, info point in the back to ask about that. And so to finish today, to bring us into land... I want to read the, the final section of chapter 4 that we're on here. So the, the believers pray for boldness. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who, through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves 
and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And so that's what I want us to do now. So I want us to pray. You know, we need the Holy Spirit to, to help us with our boldness. You know, self-help is not going to work. I need the Holy Spirit's help in that. And so just a couple of prayer points um, for us to consider. So personally, praying for boldness to declare the gospel. Praying for people who we think might need to hear the good news. And then for us also to consider how can we step out uh, in this boldness? How can we practice being bold and sharing the good news this morning? So I'm going to invite um, Rich and the band to, to come up. And we're going to have a time of just praying together for, for boldness this morning. Amen. Father, I am. Um, we need your Holy Spirit. I need your Holy Spirit. You know, we've talked this morning how you know life, life is short. And so, Lord, we don't want to let opportunities to share your good news go by. I don't want to let <coughs> passivity or actually fear of, of people get in the way of sharing your good news. And so, Father, would you grant your servants the ability to proclaim you, to set people free. Thank you that you came to heal the brokenhearted and you came to set captives free, Father. That's all of us in this room. It's everybody outside that, Lord. And so, Father, we ask for your help this morning and a fresh infilling of your boldness this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.